Yes, and welcome to this episode of Pizza Plus Coffee Equals Code. Uh, we're here with Dylan from Red Nexus Games to talk about Peglin. How you doing? Ah, I'm pretty good. Thanks for having me, Grady. Oh, good. And uh, I guess, do you mind giving a bit of an introduction to yourself, to Red Nexus Games, and to your game Peglin? Yeah, not at all. So yeah, my name's Dylan. I'm the founder of Red Nexus Games. Uh, we've had the company running for about uh, five years now. Uh, our first game was launched in uh, 2016 and 2017, and uh, uh, I was a finalist for a Canadian Video Game Award and a South by Southwest uh, Gamer's Choice Award, uh, so that was pretty nice. And then uh, we've spent a couple of years just kind of uh, cooking prototypes and playing around with different things. Um, development for Peglin started in earnest, uh, kind of uh, right when the pandemic started. Um, but the original prototype for it was actually created in the fall of uh, 2019 at a game jam. Um, and what happened was the the game that we were working on at the time uh, before the pandemic hit was like this kind of uh, moody, um, isolated space game. And, you know, as soon as we were locked in our homes and kind of cut off from everything, it was like, I do not want to spend any more time with that than I have to. And so we kind of did a 180, dug up the the prototype that uh, we'd actually had some people playing at that point, you know, asking for more content, wondering if it was going to be something that we were going to build out a bit more. And it was like, yeah, okay, yeah, let's, you know, work on something a bit more lighthearted, at least until this all starts to blow over. And uh, the reception to what we started putting out was fantastic. And so now we're working on getting it to a, a full release where we can. Uh, it, it definitely is a 180, uh, as you're describing that sort of moody and dark game. I'm sitting there going, yeah, that's not what this one is. This is <laughs> happy, cherry, bright, colorful, um, and has that sort of unique pixel uh, aesthetic to it. Um, but with uh, Peglin, uh, what have your sort of inspirations been? Uh, I know the press kit mentioned stuff like Peggle, um, but can you elaborate on those a bit more? Yeah, definitely. So with the game jam, uh, like I had wanted to do something kind of brick breakery going in. Like I just, you know, I wanted to just have some fun with physics and break some things. And I thought that that would be pretty good. Uh, and the theme of the jam was fall. And I was like, okay, you know, like, you know, the jam took place in the autumn. It's kind of up to your own interpretation. But like, I was like, yeah, I can make a brick breaker game with the ball falling down. And, uh, you know, once you do that, you kind of get the, the round bricks in there, the round pegs, and uh, it makes a bit more sense. And uh, we just kind of uh, decided to make it more of like a pachinko game or like a pinball style game. And then uh, so once we had that, you know, it was kind of like uh, you were earning these points. It was fun, but it wasn't particularly interesting. And we had some time left in the jam. So we were like, how do we layer some stuff on top of this to, to add a bit more oomph to what you're doing? And we kind of looked at games like Puzzle Quest or games like Slay the Spire for inspiration and realized that, you know, these points can contribute uh, pretty directly to things like damage. So we just kind of rolled over this uh, battle system on top of it. And the original game jam was like very, very simple. It was like one fight that you were trying to survive. It was very arcadey. Um, but, you know, that gave us a good framework to, to build more stuff on top of. And that's kind of what you see in the, the full game today. Hmm. And with, as you say, a bit arcadey there, you know, um, with the you die, you start again kind of gimmick as well, still uh, living in there. How do you prioritize replayability uh, when it comes to a game like this? Because obviously you're going to want people to keep going and going and going. Mm -hmm, definitely. 
Yeah. So when we were first looking at how we built like these additional systems over top, we were kind of considering doing like a full RPG out of it, something like much more similar to Puzzle Quest. And one of the problems that we had is like, we want the player to get just like some really, really ridiculous power ups and like special abilities. And you can do that in an RPG, but you know, it's really tough to balance like, hey, we've given you this cool ability. Like, how often are we going to limit your ability to use it? Like, are we going to do like a a mana system or something like that? Whereas with a roguelike, like we can kind of just like give you a relic and a run that just completely changes things. And like, you know, like uh, we've got ones that uh, every single peg you hit, like explodes like a bomb and sends your pinball flying around the board. Just completely crazy things that um, we can do that for the entire run. And then whether you win or lose, uh, you know, the player understands that they're not going to have that until they find it again. Uh, so that kind of design just worked really, really well for us. Um, when it comes to, to replayability, you know, that's definitely a, a huge concern of ours, especially in those early levels where you're going to see them over and over again. And you might not see the later content, um, in, you know, as frequently, um, nearly as often. So for us, there's a a big emphasis. um, You can't really see it in the demo so far. The demo right now is kind of limited and just working on getting, you know, letting people get their feet wet and see what the game is all about. Uh, But once we have like a complete path through all the content in the game, we're really going to be focusing on like fleshing out those earlier areas so that you can have a couple of runs in a row. And even if you don't make it past the forest, we really want it to have such a variety of content that you're not running into the, the same stuff. And uh, one of the things that we do kind of get out of the box for free is like the, the actual core gameplay in the game is pretty fun. Like the, the physics bouncing, the, the peg popping and all the crazy stuff happening. Like that's kind of uh, that's kind of satisfying and just kind of Zen or meditative on its own. So we found that uh, most people don't have too much trouble, like replaying some of the same content a, a few times in a row just to like, you know, you're, you're still uh, still having fun with that kind of thing, which is nice. Uh, you mentioned your demo there, I guess. Uh, you know, you had the, the previous piece, but now it's come out onto Steam for its demo. Um, how have you found putting that out in front of the user base? Oh, it has been fantastic. Yeah, like, you, you know, anytime you put anything on the internet, you're, you're ready for backlash or um, just like heated opinions and uh, trolls and flaming. Um, and we have seen next to none of that. Like, uh, a lot of people play the demo and they'll hop into our Discord and say nice things. Like, uh, they might have some feedback and suggestions, which, you know, we are all uh, for. But like 99% of people have been delivering them like in a really polite way and just like really hyped up about about the game. Um, There's been a few times where people have been like, I wouldn't say they're like outrightly being mean, but like, you know, really not deliver. You know, they're they're like not having a good time, apparently so bad of a time that they need to come in and and deliver it to us. Um, But our our team is generally pretty upbeat and we just kind of respond to that with like, hey, thanks for the feedback. You know, it's it's a very early version of the game still. Um, It's still an alpha. We've still got a ways to go. And almost all of the time, those those people reply back and they're like, "Ooh, I I was a bit harsh there. Like, you know, I did have fun with the game. Like, keep going. I'm looking forward to the full release. Yeah, I, I just I'm flabbergasted at how good the community has been uh and looking on steam as well you guys are looking to to do early access um i guess 
could you talk a little about the sort of process of that? Is it something that you always wanted to do to engage with the community throughout the development? Yeah, yeah, like, uh, you know, it's way easier uh, making games when you can really bounce them off of people and like see how they feel and gauge everything. Um, There's a a really big thing that's been part of Peglin development is like, aside from that initial game jam version, it's been made entirely during the pandemic. So we've never been able to like take it to a playtesting event or to a conference and, you know, watch people play it on a show floor. Uh, so like having it available to players to provide that feedback or like, uh, the things that we love are when people put uh, YouTube videos up and we can watch them and, you know, see where are people getting confused? Cause you know, it's not super well tutorialized right now. Um, uh, uh, where are people having troubles? Like, is anything like crazy off balance and stuff like that? Uh, stuff that you just like, you you can't really see as a developer because you're just way too close to it. Right. You really need that, that zoom out. Um, so I think, uh, especially for Peglin development, uh, going into early access and just really opening that quite wide is, is going to, to help us make the best game that we possibly can. Um, and uh, also the genre that we're working in is really, really supportive about it. Like I kind of mentioned, like, you know, we're working on creating all of the content right now so that you can play through start to finish. But uh, with a roguelike, because you're replaying that earlier area again, Um, the more content that you add, the more diverse that experience becomes. Uh, You know, if we if we had turned it into an RPG and we released an early access and players got like three quarters of the way through and now we want to go back and like work on that first area again, um, we're really not adding any value to the players that are, are already at the end of the content. Uh, unless they're like looping through the game and playing it on new characters or, or something that you know would require even more additional effort. Uh, you mentioned you know coding through the pandemic and sort of I guess working from home and separated like that. Uh, how have you found that for just game development in general? Have you been able to keep up the same sort of the pace and camaraderie as as being in a room or? being closer knit with your your development team yeah yeah it's uh you know it's been really really beneficial in some ways and then really detrimental in other ways um like uh, a lot of development on our previous game used to happen at hack nights so you know like uh, once or twice a week a bunch of us would meet up at a pub and we would just like work on the game and drink beers and chat and it was just a really good combination of like uh people heads down working on their game and then, you know, everyone kind of taking a break for food around the, the same time informally and chatting about what they were working on and asking questions if they needed any help with anything. And then, of course, that's another venue for playtesting, right? Like everyone's there. They've had a few beers. Nobody's really doing work anymore. So let's just play what everyone's working on and provide feedback and fantastic experience. Um, so losing events like that has been really, really tough for us. Um, but on the flip side, like uh, we all have full-time jobs. So this is all, you know, being uh, done on the side as a hobby. And when you're free to, you know, go out hiking and go out to pubs and everything, um, that kind of eats into that hobby development time. So being locked in our, our houses for the first couple of months there, that let us like really hone in on what was making the game fun right off the bat. And we started like sharing with other people that were also stuck in their houses and uh, that's kind of how we got our, our first batch of uh, alpha testers, and uh, we like we we found pretty quickly that like okay we we've got something here, 
And even now that restrictions are, are really opening up where we live, um, it, it's kind of, it's set the hook already, you know, we're already like on our way. And we, we know that, uh, especially with our involvement in PAX now, like uh, it feels like the fuse is really lit on uh, the game, which is just amazing. Um, but yeah, it really allowed us to kind of get that, that initial framework down there, which was really important. Um, and with that sort of, uh, initial piece, I guess, uh, more of an off the wall question, uh, the, the cute little piglin, cute little green guy, how long has he been, uh, I guess in the project? Has it been something from the start that you've always had there or something you've brought in a bit later? Yeah, it's kind of a, a funny origin story. Like, I, I don't know how most games get their like uh, their characters set in. You, you kind of hear all the funny stories about like uh, you know Mario being based off of Nintendo's landlord at the time. Uh, but what happened for us is like the initial version of the game uh, it was just me and my girlfriend, who's our lead artist, working on it. And it's generally pretty tricky to like create all of the assets that you need in a game over the course of the weekend. Um, I mean, it's tricky doing development too, but you know, we, we make it work. Uh, so what we did is, is like we were using some asset packs to like flesh out our roster. And one of those was just like a, a cute little goblin from an asset pack. And uh, he's a, you know, about half the size that Peglin is now, like really, really diminutive. Um, but that's what we were using for the, the first little while. And if you Google Peglin or if you uh, play the original game, you can see the goblin in action. But uh, there's still a lot of like old Peglin marketing materials that we're still using this goblin. And uh, if it was a, a quicker, shorter timeline, we might have uh, stuck with it. Like it is, it's, it's a nice little goblin. It's pretty, pretty adorable. Um, but, you know, once you start, like, getting into the year plus of development, you really do want, like, to make that character your own and everything. But the uh, the initial asset will always have a special place in my heart, for sure. Um, you you might have heard me uh, intro the show at the start. Uh, the show is called Pizza Plus Coffee Equals Code. Um, my 9 to 5, I'm a software developer. Uh, and when I have to do a late night of coding, uh, work calls me up. It's, it's that pizza, it's that coffee. That's what keeps me going. Uh, you've already talked about having hacker nights and, uh, the beers and everything there, but, uh, is there something that, that fuels you, uh, when you know you've got a, you got a late night, you got to work hard on the game? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the pint nights were a really big one just because they were so social. Um, I do like working like quite late into the night. Uh, once the world has quieted down, I find it much easier to focus on stuff, especially with our team so small. Like, you know, I'm kind of uh, in charge of the, the marketing and the design and all of the other stuff. And on this, on the, while I'm doing that, I also need to be working on the game. Uh, so it's so much easier. Like, yeah, once everything goes a bit quiet um, to just yeah, keep working into the night and I like having like a, a beer or a whiskey as I go. It's just something to sip while the game is compiling. And yeah. Compile time is the fun time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It breaks it up a bit more for sure. Yeah. Uh, if, if people want to learn more about Piglin or if they want to, they get onto that steam demo, uh, do you have the links and everything for them? Yeah, definitely. Um, so if you go to peglin.com, uh, it will just redirect you to our Red Nexus Games site because uh, I love game development to death, I, but I do not really like web development. Uh, so, you know, haven't quite gotten around to making another website yet. Uh, but that'll that'll have, uh, you know, at least link to the Steam page. And then once we bring the game to other platforms, you'll be able to find other things there. 
but I would say that that would be the, the easiest way to find more information. Awesome. Uh, thank you so much for, for taking time out of your day to chat to us. Oh, no problem. Yeah, thank you for having me. And it was fantastic talking to you. <laughs>